When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. By no one's demand, but our own and from our home office here in sunny, scenic, beautiful Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee, and from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios, it is the 615 Sessions Podcast. It's powered by our friends at Two Rivers Ford, and it's brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Long time no talk. Hope you guys are feeling right, doing well. So, a lot has happened since the last time we taped a podcast. I had wanted to update you guys, and most of you know by now, that I have started a new radio show on 104.5 The Zone, and that the podcast will now originate once a week. But that's not why we're here to talk. We can save that for five good minutes, which we will do at the end of the show. Today, we're going to talk about Isaiah Wilson. And if you don't know, if you've been living under a rock, you probably have not yet realized as we sit here at 6.11 a.m. on Tuesday, March the 9th, that Isaiah Wilson has been traded to the Miami Dolphins for a draft pick that will probably not make you feel good. But we're going to talk about the Dolphins side of things and what what the hell Miami is thinking and get into that transaction more with our friend Cam Wolf from ESPN. First... I'll tell you about our friends at Two Rivers Ford, who I went out to visit on Monday and who I had the pleasure of experiencing the new 2021 Ford Bronco with, the Big Bend edition, as it were. The Big Bend edition has something called goat mode. That's goes over any terrain. These are the kind of things that are all included in the new 2021 Ford Bronco Sport, which I got to test drive, courtesy of our friends at Two Rivers Ford. It is well worth your time to go check it out. You will be fascinated to see all of the things that this new vehicle can do. And you will be even more thrilled to know that you will be working with a non-commissioned sales staff that will make sure it's all about your convenience. Two Rivers Ford out in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Without further ado, let's get to the big man, Cam Wolf of ESPN. Back here, 615 Sessions podcast, not from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. We're actually at the radio studio today because your boy had to do some stuff on the fly, but it's lucky that I've got some good friends in high places such as Cam Wolf from ESPN. He covers the Miami Dolphins, so you know we're going to talk a little bit about what the hell just happened over the course of Monday night. Uh, Cam, uh, you look great. You're fresh off a pump. You're, uh, You're trying to get beach body ready for Miami beach weather. 
Uh, you look fantastic. I'm very happy that you took some time to join us here on the pod. Absolutely, man. I gotta, I gotta pop on my man Buck. You know, um, things going on, crossing both of our beats. I want to, you know, chop it up. So um, definitely want to get, get, get the, get the real from you about Tennessee, and I'll give you what I know about Miami. We'll, we'll just keep, keep it real on this thing. Yeah, a little bit of crosstalk. Ain't nothing wrong with it. So let's start in the obvious place. I will be the first one to ask the question the hell are the Miami Dolphins thinking with this man Cam because this has been an unmitigated disaster for not even a year Isaiah Wilson was here in Tennessee now the Dolphins agree to trade for Isaiah they trade away a 2022 seventh round pick the Titans uh excuse me the Titans send to Miami with Isaiah a 2022 seventh round pick the Titans get in return a 2021 seventh round pick so they're having to trade away draft capital take a cap hit just to get rid of this man. What the hell is Brian Flores doing? Man, uh, I've never seen a descent so rapid as uh, from a first-round pick as Isaiah Wills. It's crazy just walking from the outside. But I guess from the Dolphins' perspective, they think, they're thinking that you can't buy lower than this. You know, this is rock bottom for a guy like Isaiah Wilson, you know, first round pick talent wise last year. Obviously, he has a lot of issues that he has to fix before he gets to Miami. But I think their thought process is if we can fix them and that's huge if, you know, this is the guy that can potentially compete for a starting role for us on the right side of that offensive line. We're essentially getting them for the true cost is the guaranteed money left on the deal, which I believe was about four million left. Yeah. So essentially taking a four million dollar bet that they can fix Isaiah Wilson. And I think the two things from the Miami perspective that they're betting on is that Brian Flores has a relationship with Isaiah Wilson. They're both from Brooklyn. They both went to the same high school poly prep. They've known each other for years. Um, there's other relationships on that, the Dolphin staff with Isaiah Wilson. So they're hoping they can connect with him in ways that Tennessee wasn't able to. Um, also, one of his teammates who was sort of a, a little bit of a mentor for him, um, Solomon Kinley, is a rookie guard for the Dolphins as well. So they're hoping that getting him with some people that he's comfortable with, that he's been around, can help him realize his opportunity before he completely screws it up. So the big thing is is it's up to Isaiah. All the connections in the world don't matter if the guy doesn't want, want it or is disciplined enough to play pro football. And clearly he wasn't as a rookie. He's got a second chance and maybe a last chance in Miami. And, you know, essentially it's a low-risk gamble. If it doesn't work out, they get rid of him and they just take a $4 million hit. And the Titans were going to keep him around because of all of the the guaranteed money that was tied, tied up in it if the Dolphins or another team didn't take Isaiah Wilson off their hands. It's been an unmitigated disaster here in Tennessee. And, you know, you want to you want to – you know, Cam, you and I were 21 years old at one time. Neither of us were millionaires at the time that we were 21 years old. So you want to be you want to be a little bit understanding about the situation and and who Isaiah Wilson might be had the circumstances been different. Obviously, he comes in in a in a bizarre year amidst a global pandemic. He's he's put on the COVID list here twice in a way that completely isolates him from the team puts him in a position where he cannot socialize, he cannot interact. And so he goes out and he gets in trouble with things like the DUI where he's doing donuts in the middle of Charlotte Pike here in downtown Nashville uh, because he's out for margaritas one night because he's got nothing else to do. So you want to you want to kind of temper all of those things, but I guess Cam it's just it's just the the blatant 
an obvious, you know, disrespecting of the franchise that drafted him because the behavior continued. And not only did it continue, it's not like it was behind the scenes. Cam, this man is all over IG Live. He's posting stuff on Instagram. This man is sipping lean on the gram like it's not no big deal. Like this is not <laughs> this is I I because I had John Robinson on the radio show about a week ago. And I was like, John, this is, you know, I, I only bring this up again because it's all playing out so publicly. How, how, and I know it's early and, and the Dolphins, I, I assume, are going to speak on a variety of different things today. I know you've got Zooms later, uh, later on in the afternoon. But I guess what should be the Dolphins' plan to mitigate this guy as a risk, given that they're plopping him in the middle of South Beach? And, and you know, I, I don't got to tell you, pandemic or not, South Beach is a whole different animal. Well, I'll tell you what, he won't have less partying opportunities in Miami. He won't have less trouble in Miami. <laughs> it's going to be the opposite way. It's really up to him, honestly, man. Like, I know Miami has a plan. Um, the thing about Miami, especially in the Flores era, is they've taken chances on some of these guys who have been troubled and had, you know, sort of um, – been essentially discarded by their previous teams. You know, they signed Mark Walton, who he had three arrests in like a three-month period. Yeah. Um, and he it didn't end up working out. He got arrested again out here. Robert Kandichi, you know, he was another guy similar to Isaiah, Isaiah Wilson, who who was highly hyped coming out of uh, college, but just didn't work out because he kept getting in trouble. Uh, Antonio Callaway, the same way. So they, they had a routine of you – know, bringing in guys who don't cost much and trying to, you know, work them out. So I know they'll have a plan. Um, the two things I've heard early on about Isaiah Wilson is that they believe that he's not a bad kid, but he's a guy who um, the money and the attention and the adulation that comes with being a pro football player, he just couldn't handle it. And that's for, that's a lot of guys who handle it, who get that situation where you get a million dollars, you get the attention of being a, a pro draft pick and you just are can't handle it. And it's too much. And you just go crazy with it. So the hope is you rein them in. Um, I don't want to use the word babysit, but I'm sure there'll be some sort of, you know, curfew, some sort of schedule where you try to keep them on track. You talked about keeping them busy, keeping them around the facility, tell them to go home later in the day and just go home and come back early in the morning. You know, you might have to hold his hand a little bit that first year and hope that, you know, he stays on track. But like I said, eventually if Isaiah Wilson doesn't want this, if he wants to party, if he wants to, you know, live the life without playing the life, then it's not going to work here. But they they believe they have a plan and he's going to start from the bottom. It's not like he's walking in and he's going to be the starting right tackle from day one. He's going to start as a bottom of the roster dude. He's got to prove himself off the field first and then he can see if he can contribute on the field. And the hope is he's with people he's comfortable with and maybe it'll get a little bit more buy in. So. I don't think the Dolphins have any any expectations as far as this guy, you know, being any type of contributor for them in 2021. I think it's just a flyer for them. If it works, it's a bargain. If it doesn't, then, hey, just, you know, waste a little bit of money to see if something works. And as your uh, as our good friend and your teammate, Diana Rossini, pointed out, this man still has to pass a physical, which by yep. no stretch of the imagination is a given for the trade to go through. So we will continue to monitor that situation. I think the thing that, and Cam, obviously many of you know Cam Wolf because he was here in Nashville for a year. He did an excellent job covering the Titans before the main, uh, before the big homie TD, Teron Davenport came in and broke out on the scene. So Cam has a little bit of unique insight into this organization. And, and you know this locker room or you know the locker room when last you were here 
guys like Taylor Lewan, guys like uh, Corey Davis, p- players who are, it, it's a really, really good foundation of personalities and a solid culture that John Robinson and now Mike Vrabel have worked to build. And the thing that stood out to me, Cam, is, is as you're talking about, he's, he's going to have the opportunity to be supported by his new organization. They are going to, as you said, maybe not necessarily babysit or handhold, but they're going to try and put him in a position where they can help him progress as not just a player, but as a, as an adult human being, as a real life person that is so difficult to do, no matter what your profession is. But like, I would, I would talk to guys, you know, whether, whether it was, I mean, obviously not in the locker room this year, but via zoom or, or outside of the confines of the zoom calls that we're all now subjected to. And essentially they, they just, they were tired of being, of having their trust betrayed. A little bit. Wilson would would act out whether whether it was the DUI, whether it was you know being not respectful of the COVID nineteen stipulations that were put on every team to make sure that we could get last season off the ground. And he would come back in. He would be apologetic. He would say all the right things, and then he would turn around and have some other misbehavior that would essentially fly in the face of everything that he had told the team, Vrabel, Robinson, the players who he had tried to support so much so that I know that, that one of the, uh, that one of the offensive linemen had Isaiah turn on his location and share with uh, this offensive lineman, his location so that he could keep tabs on him no matter where he was, which I think, uh, you know, if, if the, if this particular offensive lineman had an honest moment would stress him the hell out, given everything that Isaiah Wilson was into on a regular basis. But I guess what, what kind of, what kind of locker room, what kind of team culture is Isaiah walking into under Brian Flores and these Miami Dolphins? Yeah, I think the thing that is interesting about the Dolphins is their main leader of the roster is Brian Flores. You know, they, they're they a really young team. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick was their leader. He's not going to be back this past this upcoming year. Um, nobody on the roster currently is over 30 years old. Yeah. Um, nobody on the roster is even, you know, 29 years old. So they are really, really young roster. So you're looking at a lot of young guys leading young guys. So you're so you're you're hoping that Brian Flores and his culture, which has been built well here, trickles down to the young players and they hold everyone else accountable. And I mean, I know Mike Vrabel and John Robinson well, and I'm sure they had a culture there in Tennessee. So it's not like he's coming from a, a place that was wild and just let him do whatever and come into a more disciplinary. I think both of them. Uh, have the importance of discipline. I think the hardest thing that I've heard from scouts and executives and coaches about the pre-draft prospect is is evaluating character and evaluating love for football um, and sort of the parameters of, you know, an interview. So I think when you have a situation where a guy is clearly showing some questionable character, clearly showing some questionable commitment, I think you have to have a, a real heart to heart with him and say, hey, you know, we're take you know, you're at the bottom now. And I think that's tough to do when you're a first round pick. You know, if you're Mike Vrabel or John Robinson, you can tell him, hey, you're making mistakes, but he knows he has first round money coming in. He knows you have commitment. The hope is this is a wake up call. I mean, he wasn't cut, but he was essentially cut, you know, um, and saying a team's giving up on, on you after a year. You're going to walk into another organization who's not going to hand you anything. Hopefully he realizes that if I want this to continue, even if it's just the the uh, attention part or the the allure of being a football player, if I want this to continue, then I need to turn my life around. So I, I think that they'll have a heart to heart with him. Brian Flores is really direct. He does not sugarcoat anything. I'm sure he is going to be, you know, 
very straightforward with him. It helps that he knows him. So he doesn't have to worry about hurting his feelings because mm. he knows how to act around him. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be a very, they have very slim rope. So I don't think this is a situation where they bring him in and let him do everything he did in Tennessee and just keep him on the roster. I think he's probably already on strike one or strike two, um, depending on how they view the situation. And, you know, he's got to realize that if, if he doesn't make it in Miami, I don't know if he gets another opportunity um, elsewhere. So, I think that's what you're going to see. You're going to see them sit down with them. You're going to see them set out a rules and parameters. You're going to see guys in the locker room that are, you know, probably Solomon Kinley, like I mentioned, who's a year older than him. Um, they've got a guy in Eric Flowers, who's sort of the veteran of that offensive line, will probably sort of be in charge of uh, taking care of him as well. And they'll put everything they can around him to surround him. And then it's up to Isaiah. Yeah. Do you want this thing or not? It's it's going to be fascinating to play out. I hope it. You know, it's it's good. It's good if you're in the news, uh, the news business, baby, because he kept us on our toes down here. Cam Wolf of ESPN with us on the Six One Five Sessions podcast. One more for you on the way out the door because I know you got your own job to attend to. But Kyle Van Noy, you reported earlier in the off season that he was a potential cap casualty as of right now. He is still on the Dolphins roster. It's been reported widely that they are seeking a trade partner for his contract that in this particular offseason is going to be really, really difficult to move. I love him as a cap casualty pickup for the Titans on a short-term deal, given how they've struggled on defense, not just with their pass rush, but their inside linebackers were very, very underwhelming last year as well. And Kyle Van, New can, Kyle Van Noy can do both of those things. Should the Titans be interested in Kyle Van Noy if he does, in fact, become available? Yeah, I think he makes sense for that defense at the right price. I wouldn't pay $12.5 million for him. Yeah. Dolphins aren't going to pay $12.5 million for him. That's why he's uh, out of here. You know, so they're just trying to figure out the method. I know they're holding out for a trade. I think they want to see if a team wants to jump the line, essentially, to sign him. You know, I know there's, you know, a couple of teams in that Belichick tree. He seems to be a perfect fit for those. You know, the Giants is one. The Titans are one. Um, the Patriots, obviously, are one. Um, to an extent, you know, the Lions and, and Texans have been in the past. So I think those are teams that make the most sense for him. You're right about the Titans. Um, I think he was a better edge rusher than inside linebacker this past year. Um, you know, he's a guy who he, he's really built off his versatility. Um but I think that he, his, his main skill set ideally would be a situational edge rusher at this point in his career. I think, you know, he, he's set to make $12.5 million. If you get him for maybe the 6 to $8 million range, I think I'd feel more comfortable with him in that range. Um, he's a guy who's a leader. I think his play was up and down this past year. But I think for the Titans, you know, I think he would be a really good fit for them um, if you have, you know, the expectations that he's not going to be your number one pass rusher. You can follow Cameron Wolf for all kinds of insights and information on the Miami Dolphins, the NFL, do a little boxing coverage as well. Hanging out on the undefeated ESPN Sports Center. My man is an absolute stud. The glow up has been surreal. Cam, I'm happy for all your success. I love that you still take some time to come chop it up when you have some time to do so. And uh, and we really appreciate you stopping by here on the 615 sessions. Absolutely. Appreciate you having me, but Titans fans, appreciate y'all. Hope everybody's well. Okay, five good minutes on a Tuesday about the new radio show and what it's going to mean here for the 615 Sessions podcast. Only good things, because clearly the podcast isn't going anywhere. We've done a full week of primetime shows, so you know that's not going anywhere. You will feel good about all of these things that are happening. But first, I'm going to tell you about something else that's going to make you feel good. 
the fine folks at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's that time of year again, by the way. Conference tournaments are tipping off. I will be doing the radio show down from the SEC tournament at Bridgestone Arena, which you can come and see socially distanced. I believe they are allowing limited capacity in for the basketball tournament. Regardless, bubble teams are making their final push for a bid while the top seeds are preparing for what they hope is a long run. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. Bet $4 on an underdog, win $256 if they win. It's that simple. Pick one of many select college basketball underdogs for your shot at winning $256. All it takes is a $4 bet. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code A to Z Sports when you sign up to turn four into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's code A to Z Sports to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older. Tennessee only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and you want help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. DraftKings Sportsbook promo code A2Z Sports. Okay. So, you can tell probably, even though it's only Tuesday, that my voice sounds a little raspier. That may be the only thing that's changing with all the new stuff that's going on media-wise. But I wanted to have the opportunity. I probably should have done it Thursday, but because of the new structure of the deal that we have, the 615 Sessions podcast, it's only going to come to you once a week. And that's okay, because it's going to improve the strength of the conversations that we have around here. It's going to take a little bit of a different twist with your same media members. Now, the Isaiah Wilson thing is different. We wanted to make sure that we had a different media perspective from outside of our own today, but largely it will still be the same conversations with the people who you love around here with guys like John Burton, with Joe Rexroad, with our fantastic female friends, Teresa Walker, Emily Proud, Teron Davenport. They will all still make be making an appearance on the 615 Sessions podcast. In fact, this uh, A to Z Sports in the middle of all of this is Switzerland, where the media, no matter what the affi- affiliation is, can still gather together. People like Chad Withrow, Jonathan Hutton, and Paul Kaharski, who have vacated the radio spot that I'm going to now occupy. So for those of you who are unaware, I'm hosting from 10 to 1 weekdays, Monday through Friday, the Buck Rising Show on 104.5 The Zone. We had our first couple of days last week. You can, by the way, get that podcast if you can't listen to the radio show live. And now we're in the midst of a full-time radio gig. And this is an incredible, this is super self-involved, but again, You guys know how I feel about the podcast audience. You guys are the P1s. You're the day ones. And so I feel the need to kind of make this a little more personal between you and I. Because you guys are the, you guys have been around since day one, many of you. And so I feel that maybe, maybe you don't care the way that I care about you about this podcast. But I feel like this is the platform that allows me to get the most self-involved, even though there's quite a bit of that going around lately, given all the new toys that I have to play with. So what has happened over the last couple of weeks 
is I have a, an agent. I work with Max Sports and Entertainment. My agent's name is Sean Wyman. And Sean Wyman has done more heavy lifting for me to get me all of the things that I want over the last couple of months. And I mean months. And this is the deal that we struck. So A to Z Sports was kind enough to offer me an extension on my current deal to keep me here in Nashville for a couple of years. And we were fully prepared to accept that offer. Austin and Zach gave us something that was more than fair and was very, very much in the same spirit of what A to Z Sports is. It's hard work. It's commitment. It is a standard of excellence in the digital space, all of which I'm about. And then our friends, Paul, Chad, and Hutton, walked out of their radio deal at 104.5 The Zone about a week after I got offered a contract. And I said to Sean, my agent, I said, you know, I would really, really like to do both if humanly possible because The Zone had shown interest in me and I very much like doing radio. Not that I don't like doing all of these things equally, but to have a radio show on top of everything else, I thought that'd be swell. And I thought there'd been precedent set. So I said, okay, let's see how, let's see if we can get this done. <laughs> and little did I know that it was going to take seven weeks to get it all done. And then I did, you know, about six different times throughout the course of those seven weeks, did I feel like I was going to end up without either job <laughs> because of how touch and go things got. But sometimes that's how this side of the industry goes. I don't know how many of you care about inside baseball. But I do think that some of you are interested in it from time to time. So we got the deal done. It means that there's still going to be five primetime shows a week, Sunday to Thursday night. There will be one 615 Sessions podcast a week. It will come to you every Tuesday. Five good minutes. This will be the last one that we do. We will opt instead for your Music City mailbag questions, which we will do now every Tuesday on the end of the pod, the interviews that we continue to do around here. The radio show, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's 10 to 1, Monday through Friday on 104.5 The Zone. There's a podcast. You can stream it live on the app. You can listen to it on FM radio if you so choose. I know there are still people that do that. I am not one of them. I am of a different generation, but that's okay because we're reaching everybody. And again, it's not possible without the people who have subscribed to this podcast. It just isn't. I've told this story before, but it does mean a lot to me. And I don't, you know, again, I don't want to turn off to uh, people with the sappy talk, but like I I used to, I used to work midnight to 6am at a radio station and I was not an on-air personality, but I wanted to be. And so from midnight to 6am, I would work overnights at the radio station. I would go during the day and I would load trucks at UPS. And then for two hours every day, because the radio station didn't have anybody going to Titans practice, I would go cover the Tennessee Titans. And I did this for pennies for a very long time. And I paid myself for this podcast feed for several years because this was the play. This was the proving ground. This was the place where I was able to get reps. This was the place that ultimately bore out all of the cool stuff that I get to do now, and it is all because of you guys. And so I won't drag this on any longer because I know, as I mentioned, this is very, very, you know, it's 
It's just super self-involved, and it is uncomfortable to talk about these things. At least I think it's uncomfortable to talk about these things sometimes, even though I seem to do it an awful lot. But again, I just uh, I just wanted to express my gratitude. I wanted to express how much I love this podcast and how much it was important to me. And I told Sean this. It was very, very important to me to maintain all things A to Z sports. So that's the primetime show. That's the Tuesday's Titans questions. And most of all, that's the 615 Sessions podcast because this has been, it's been called many different names in the same podcast feed over going on six years here in Nashville. But it is, it is the most important thing to me. Uh, the primetime show is fun. The radio show is great. All of these things pay me very, very well. But the podcast is, uh, this is my baby. And so I just wanted to spend some time chopping up with you guys in a way that I should have done on Thursday. But again, the new contract is uh, does state that this will be once a week now. And that's okay, because it will only make the product better for you here on the 615 Sessions podcast. So, in the meantime, subscribe, rate, review, because the A to Z Sports Podcasts Network is only going to improve. It's only going to survive and thrive under these new circumstances, and I'm very happy to still be a part of it. Leave us five stars. Leave us lovely reviews. I enjoy reading them. You guys are creative. You guys are incredible. Submit your Music City Mailbag questions by sliding in my DMs on Instagram at BuckRising, R-E-I-S-I-N-G. That's how you get involved with the podcast, and we love your involvement around here on the show. So in the meantime, stay safe, stay clean, and as always, Nashville, I love you and stay hot. This has been the award-winning 615 Session Podcast from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. It's powered by our friends at Two Rivers Ford, and it's brought to you as always by A to Z Sports at a to z sportsnashville.com.